Good Monday morning, friends. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio, and I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. On today's show, we'll speak with two vibrant women making the most of their talents and passions. First up, Katina Rankin will join us, and you may recognize that name as she's been a longtime news anchor, and she's now entering an area dear to my heart, writing children's books. Her first titled Up North, Down South, City Folk Meet Country Folk. We'll talk about what inspired her to write this book and what she wants children to grasp from it. And then we'll speak with the amazing singer-songwriter Lisa Mills about her life as a musician and her latest project, Mama's Juke Book. Question of the day, what makes a woman powerful? we got some great answers on social media so far. Call us at 877-MPB-RING, and we'll be back in a moment. This is MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Hope you're having a great day so far, and thanks for joining us today. Great show set up for you, and I think you're going to love it, to be honest with you, because two of my favorite folks are on. Katina Rankin will be joining us here in just a couple minutes. You may recognize her name. She's been a longtime news anchor here in Mississippi, and, of course, she's been all around the southeast. She's up in Memphis now, but she's now added author to her long list of accolades and titles. She's written the book called Up North, Down South, City Folk Meet Country Folk. And we'll talk with her what inspired her to write the book, because I think it's got a really cool message. And basically, she wants kids to grasp where they're from. And I think it's fantastic as well. Also, too, and I don't know if you've ever heard uh, Lisa Mills, but Lisa Mills' voice is amazing. I've interviewed her before live, and she sang right in front of me, like three feet from me. And um It was just one of the most almost religious experience. She's just so talented. So she's going to be in a little bit later as well. She's got a new project out called Mama's Juke Book, and it's got a fantastic story behind it. And it's um, I I think it's going to touch your heart, to be honest with you. So look forward to that. And she just recently taped a uh, episode of Ampton Wired, which, of course, I don't know if you had a chance to see that or not. That is a fantastic show that's on MPB television. So I hope you. Yeah, she was at Dueling Hall just this past weekend. Oh yeah, and I've heard it just was electric. Just amazing. So anyway, got that. We have a great question of the day, too. And it's one that obviously um, Sharita had a lot of input on because I would say that I could answer it just by saying Sharita. That, that would be my <laughs> answer for this. But what makes a woman powerful? And I think mm. that's a pretty strong question. And we actually already have a call on that, don't we? Well, but he hung up. So. He did? Okay. <laughs> there you go. So much for patience. But, Will, if you're listening, you can give us a call back if you want to give us some feedback on that question. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you on that. Uh, your well, Marshall, answer- you, just, you just celebrated uh, an anniversary with your wife, so I'm sure you have an answer to that question. Yeah, what makes her powerful? Um, I tell you what, she has got good character. She's very intelligent. She's driven. Um She's funny. I mean, just basically, when I think powerful women, I roll over in the morning and look at my wife. So, <laughs> good. Like, yeah, it is funny because I put on Facebook, you know, just kind of the um, some of the numbers, you know, from the years, the number of 
number of houses we own, pets we've owned, cars we've owned, and everything. And I mentioned that there was one bullet in the car, and she put underneath it in the comments section, I was not responsible for the bullet in the car, just <laughs> right. to let you know just that. Just to make that clear. Just like that. And she goes back to school this week. In fact, a lot of kids do around the state. And uh, I know there's a lot of parents right now doing the happy dance, uh, mm-hmm. very happy that the kids are going back. Uh, my wife is not one of them, however, because she teaches. And so she's right. like, she has to get up early in the morning. And, you know, I'm crying big tears over here for her <laughs> having to get up and go in. But she works very hard. She's quite good. Uh, she just recently won an award for being one of the top art educators in the state of Mississippi. So I'm very proud of what she does. So, That's awesome. Uh, yeah. So I think, um, you know, and I was kind of raised that way. My mom was very strong, and both my sisters are very accomplished. I've always kind of grown up in that household around that. So mm-hmm. uh, I just say, okay, well, I'll just look at my family, you know. And I mean, even my great-great-grandmother was a college professor. So, you know, these sort of things. I'm kind of used to it in my family. So what would you say, Sharita? I would probably say one one thing is the resilience of women um, mm-hmm. because women – experience a lot if women weren't Uh, resilient there would be no people (laughs) on this planet i mean especially from a physical standpoint now i've never had kids uh but i know that in in and of itself childbirth is something that i had to have an epidural okay that's how (laughs) that's how it's like oh no i couldn't do that um and just you know the the ability to just never give up I, i think about my own mother she was a single mother for a very long time and she was working multiple jobs and having to raise two daughters without a father figure in the house had to be tough you know but now here she is in her mid-40s and she's getting degrees and everything so she used all those things to 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 build her strength and to build her tenacity now she just has a an amazing testimony so just the resilience of women and and, you know not saying that women are the only ones that have to be resilient but you know some there are some particular experiences that women go through um that is just a testament to their character and their strength well since you have your finger on the button i'm not going to argue with you thank you No, very good. I have the power. I know you do have the power. <laughs> Once again, a powerful woman right there, right in front of me. Uh, yeah, I agree about your mom. No, no doubt. She's she's tough as nails, and of course your granny. Absolutely, absolutely. Because <laughs> I've I've read what you've written about your granny. So I know <laughs> right. she, I know she's tough as nails as well. And she, you know, she she's had some challenging times too. Uh, growing up back in the day and having to experience some things and and just make it through, you know, just saying, I'm not going to give up. I know who I am. I'm not going to let anybody tell me who I am. And just to make it through those tough times, you know, segregation and everything like that. I mean, I just couldn't imagine. So I know I used to sit there when my grandmother got sick, she got leukemia. And so I would lay there, you know, next to her and watch she and she'd tell me stories and she'd talk about what it was like growing up in the great depression. Mm. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just like, okay, well, obviously you're a lot tougher than I am. Right. So definitely <laughs> to say as well, I tell you, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about today and we will do that after our guests, but I want to go ahead and jump in and go ahead and get Katina Rankin on because honestly, any chance to talk to Katina, I'll take it. And we got one right now. Katina, I am thrilled that you are on with me right now. I am super excited. You have no idea how excited I got when they said Marshall wants to interview you. I was jumping up and down and I've had butterflies in my stomach ever since. I know. I feel like this is like a role reversal here because normally you're, you, you do the interviewing of me. So I feel like, that, you know, this is like a bizarro universe or something. <laughs> I love it. It's coming full circle, Marshall. How's Memphis treating you these days? Good? I love it. I feel like I'm really at home. Memphis is just a larger Jackson, so I feel right at home. I feel very blessed. Excellent. We do miss you down here. I will say that. And, it's, you know, it's always tough to turn on the TV and don't see your face. But I'm very, very proud of you for jumping into uh, the children's book world. I was trying to be like you, Marshall. <laughs> oh, no, no. I could have <laughs> discouraged you from that. No, don't do that. But, I mean, I, and, and 
we'll talk about, I guess we'll go ahead and jump in on that. Cause I want to talk a little bit about your career too, but we'll just jump in on the book because um, I, I just was really in love with the whole concept of what you've done. This the book is up North down South city folk, me country folk. And, and I guess maybe it really hit home with me because I just took my boys up to New York city. So they got to get a full blast of what city life was really like. And so I, I think that your book is really going to be able to touch a lot of kids. I pray it does. I really do. I mean, I think back to my childhood, and I had an aunt who lived in New York City. And so every summer we would ping pong. They would come to Mississippi, her children, for a summer. Then the next summer we would spend it in New York. And I just remember those experiences and how children will be as they are, and they will say certain things, not realizing how it can affect you. And that really stuck with me throughout my lifetime. What are some of the things that they used to say to you? Well, they would talk about how the Southern dialect, about how we sound. Ooh, you sound country. Y'all say y'all. Well, they say you all say y'all. And it's absolutely true, but it made me feel like there was something wrong with the way that I chose to speak, the way that I chose to communicate. And so it was different things like that. And then they would pick at us because we grew up on a farm. And, you know, they were like, you guys don't have regular pets. You just have the cows and the pigs and the chickens. You don't know anything about dogs and cats. And so I thought I wanted to dispel some of those rumors in a comical and kid-friendly way in this book. Well, give some of the examples of some of the comical and kid-friendly ways you did that. Well, I thought it was really interesting because when 9-year-old McKinley and 7-year-old Kendall, who live in New York City, decided that they were coming down uh, to Mississippi for the summer, uh, some of the things that they really didn't understand was is that we're just like everyone else, you know, the people in the country are. And so in one part of the book, we're talking about um, country and the word country and not just being a geographical area, but, you know, people actually saying that people down south are country. And so one example that was used um, was when one of the kids from Mississippi, Ryan, he says to his brother, we're country, because he had heard McKinley call him that. And he was like, you know, I'm not country. You know, I live in Mississippi. At least I can go in my backyard and I can take a magnifying glass and I can look down at the ants and I can see how they gather food for the summer all year long. And the people in New York City, they don't know anything about that. All they have are those big old tall buildings. So we just use examples of how we may be different, but we are more alike than we are different. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I think that really matters. I like this right now. You know, that's that part of the world where people talk funny. They say, y'all, they, they wear suspenders like Paul Bunyan and they play pigs and goats. <laughs> I mean, I, and it's funny you say that about kids because that is so true about kids because kids do not have a filter. And whatever they're thinking, they are saying. They absolutely say it. As my mom used to tell me, what comes up comes out. So they will absolutely say anything. <laughs> Definitely on that. I, and I tell you, um, now on the book, when did you decide to do this? It is so funny, Marshall, when I look back at how God has just blessed me. It was in 2008, and I was living in North Carolina, during North Carolina, because I was anchoring the newscast there. And my little niece and nephew were in my home at the time, and my nephew used to always come up to me. And, you know, I don't like to be called aunt or auntie, so I was like, call me T.T. And so he would say, T.T. Reed, T.T. Reed, and he would always bring a book, and he would sit in my lap, and I would read to him. So in 08, I happened to be reading to him one afternoon before I got ready to go to work, and I just looked at the side of his face one day when I was reading and how excited he was about the words in the book. And I remember thinking, oh, God, I wonder if I could write something that would motivate and captivate and inspire children to want to pick up a book and be so engrossed in it. 
Um, and so I went to work, and when I got home that night and got ready to retire for the evening, I picked up my laptop, and I said, okay, God, here we go. And so that's how Up North, uh, Down South began. How long did it take you to write it? Was it one of those things you just sat down and knocked it out, or was it, it took a little bit of time and a lot of research? I have to be absolutely honest with you. It was an hour and 30 minutes wow. that I wrote this book. And I think it was because I was writing from personal experiences and what I had seen and, you know, how I'd been affected. And so I also watched my niece and nephew while they were in the home with me. And so I weaved some of that into the book. And I was like a kid in a candy store myself because I knew that their mom got up every single morning around 530 and I would begin to smell bacon because she would always cook them breakfast before they got ready to go to daycare or either preschool because one was daycare, the other preschool at the time. And so... Um, I, I stayed up all night, and I ran downstairs when I knew that they were down there, and I sat at that little crayon uh, table, the little kitty table that they make for the kids, and I was like, Titi wants to read something to you, and so I read it, and they were beaming and so happy, but I don't know if they were excited because they heard their names in the book or because they thought it was exciting, but either way, I was like a kid in a candy store. So you put their names in the book, so now are they going to go out on book tour with you and, and, and sign autographs? It's so funny. They're 17 and 15 now, right? And so when I sent them a copy of the book, they were like, oh, that's cool, TT. So they're into the teen stuff now. Oh, that's... I'm hoping. I do, have a, I do have a book signing coming up from Mississippi, so I'm hoping that they will come out so people can meet the real-life characters in the book. That is really, really cool. Kenny, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back because we've got some more to talk about about the book, and I want to talk about your career, too, because you've had an amazing career so far, and I'd love to, you to share a little bit of that as well. Awesome. Thank you, Marshall. Fantastic. Of course, we have a fantastic question of the day, too. It is what makes a woman powerful. And be thinking about that. We'd love to hear from you. Call 877-MPB-RING. Also, you can find us on social media. We're all over the place. Facebook, Twitter, you name it, we're there. And we're going to continue because we've got some great, well, Lisa Mills coming, too. This is going to be a great show. Hang in there. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. We have a great question of the day. What makes a woman powerful? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That is 877-672-7464. And we have on the line a very, very talented journalist and now children's book author, Katina Rankin. Katina, I tell you, um, you and I have been in the news business for a little while. You're, of course, much younger than I am. But uh, I tell you, we every day we read tragic stories about kids that have gone on the wrong path and everything and, and just 
to hear that you've written a book that will help kids somehow. I mean, I mean, seriously, was that what helped motivate you as just as an author, knowing that that kids really need to be reading? That is so true. Let me just tell you this, Marshall. I had been praying about when to release this book, and I said, okay, I will re- release it on the 31st. And then I thought, well, no, children in the area start going back to school that first week in August, so I don't need to do that. And then I thought, well, okay, I will release it on the 24th of July and give them a little bit more time to do it. And so Thursday night, is this is my normal re- routine. When I go home, I start to clean up, so I won't have to do it on the weekends, and it's out of the way. And so I, you know, started sweeping and mopping the floor and washing my dishes, and I put a load of clothes into the washing machine. And since I self-published, I went back and I logged on, and I said, okay, let me do the next process in this. Let me go ahead and approve the proof, because I had ordered a proof, and I liked it. And so I did that, and it said, your book will be avail- available in three to five days. And I wow. said, oh, well, it's three days. It's the 24th. And so I said, so that answers my question, God. And so I went back and I finished cleaning and I put a load of clothes into the dryer. And I said, well, let me just go to Amazon.com and just check. And when I saw it, it said, your book is available for purchase now. And so I had a praise dance in the house and started jumping up and screaming and was all excited. And then I thought, oh, I have to get busy. You know, I have to write my press releases and send everything out. But, you know, I have to tell you the truth. With all of the divide and tension going on in the country right now, with the police shootings and with cop killing um, men and women around the world, I thought, you know, I get it, God. It's time to release it right now so we can instill pride in not just Mississippi children, but all children, and in adults who read this and who get it and understand it, so that we can all say that, you know, we may be country or we may be different, but we are more alike than we are different, and it's time to smile and enjoy things in a comical way, and I pray this is what this book does for children. Amen. How did you go about finding an illustrator? Oh, my gosh. I went through, like, and I almost called you. It's a true story, I promise. Um, I almost called you, but I, I just ask people who were around me and I found like three different illustrators and we couldn't come to terms with the contract or the others weren't quite capturing uh, the children in the book because it's my three nieces and my nephew and I wanted them to be represented well as well as my little cousins uh, who live in Mississippi and so I wanted a true portrayal of what the kids were and I wanted that captured in the book and so I was here in, uh, well I was in Memphis at the time um, and I went outside on a break and one of my coworkers was, was standing out there Alicia Spencer and I just said Alicia do you know anybody who illustrates or anybody who draws and she was like well I don't know an illustrator but I draw and I said, well, confidentially, this is what I have going on. And so she told me, and I said, well, would you be interested? And she said, sure. So I sent her the manuscript, and she said she went home and she prayed that night. And she came back the next day, and she was like, Katina, I know you're very meticulous about your work. And she was like, I'm a little nervous that I've never done this, so I'm not quite sure. And so I told her what my mother has always told me since a very young age, and that is simply that if you can conquer fear, you can conquer the world. And I saw the light bulb go off in her face, and nine months later, what you see in the book is what she did, and I'm quite happy with it. That's incredible. That's incredible. We have a great question today, and I'm going to go ahead and ask you, and we got a couple of callers, too. I want to hear their answers. But, Katina, what do you think makes for a powerful woman? I think it is absolutely your faith in God. Uh, God leads and guides me in every single decision that I make. You know, it's up to me to choose whether I listen to him and do as he tells me. But I think with God, you are destined to succeed in whatever it is that you want to do. If you can make your purpose and your passion collide, Marshall, I believe therein lies your calling. 
And I think you're a very good example of that because I've watched your career for many years and it's been amazing where God's led you on that. And we got a couple of callers. I'm going to jump to them real quick. We got Frank and Jackson. Hello, Frank. How are you? Uh, yes. Welcome home. Well, it's always good to be here. Welcome home, Tina. Uh. <laughs> Thank you uh, so much. I agree with you totally. And the most power, the most powerful role for women is as mothers. Every child has a mother. If we will let our society go back to having mothers raise their children in the home and teaching their sons not to abuse women and teaching their daughters not to uh, be, uh, what is the word, uh, uh, captured by premature sexual relations, this would be a much better world. So women as mothers is their most powerful position in my opinion. All right. Thanks, Frank. Great, great, great answer. And we got, was it Rolani? I can't uh, see. I don't have my glasses on. I bad, bad marshal. There you go. How are you? Thanks for calling. Great. Uh, a great subject. And I would like to say, when I was in the second grade, I left Mississippi and went to Chicago. And I could really identify with your author today when I said the word chunk and all of the laughter and ridicule. I paid very close attention after that to words and learned to speak like people did in Chicago. I think an answer to your question, what makes a woman great, mm-hmm. is the, their consistency and perseverance in making a decision to do the right thing at the right time. And three women that I've always patterned myself, uh, to be a strong woman, uh, Fannie Lou Hamer, Annie Devine, and Victoria Jackson Gray Adams. Now, most people, um, your Sharita said she, her mother is in her mid-40s, so I'm almost twice that age. So I, I'm one of those bridges between the past and the now and the future. And women should stand up and prepare themselves to be able, as the gentleman said, to stay at home and teach their children. But you have to be prepared and make plans. All right. Great call. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. All right. Katina, I tell you, you're... Your career has been amazing right now. You're probably, what are you doing, about nine newscasts a night or something like that. I was looking at maybe 10 at this point, but uh, it has been incredible. And the only one last question for you, I was going to say, you are both a graduate of Alcorn and JSU. Does that ever cause conflict for you? You know, it did in the very beginning when I was down south. Yeah. <laughs> because people <laughs> seem to think that when you were down south that you had to go to a school up north or an Ivy League to make it. And, you know, I grew up in McGee, Mississippi, and we grew up poor, to be honest with you, Marshall. And so I had to go where I could afford it. And Alcorn State University gave me a full scholarship. Oh, I was thinking they taught me. Oh, Katina, I was just thinking because they're such deadly rivals. I was afraid that you had conflict within yourself. (laughs) It's so funny because my father has uh, six siblings and all of them went to Jackson State and only one went to Alcorn. So they were like, we know you're not going to Alcorn State University. And I was like, yes, I am. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, I tell you what, you got a great education, obviously, because you're doing some great work. And I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. I look forward to actually bumping into you in person whenever that chance comes up. But where can folks find your book? 
Right now, they can find it on Amazon.com, and I am so blessed to say that it is number one in the hottest new releases in the extended family category. And they can also find it on BarnesandNoble.com. And then right now, I'm very proud to say that the Barnes & Noble and Renaissance has ordered copies of my book, and so within the next week or so, they should be able to walk right into that store and buy them off the shelf. Well, let us know when you get down this way for a book signing. It'll be in a couple of weeks, and I definitely will. Thank you so much, Marshall, for having me on. I feel so honored. I really do. I respect you and your work. Oh, well, and thank you. I appreciate you. you. All right. I appreciate you, too, and thank you for being on. It's nice to be able to catch up on the air, but it was always, it's always good to talk to you. That's Katina Rankin, and we, we have a couple of callers, so we'll go ahead and jump to them. We have Deborah. The question of the day is this, what makes a woman powerful? Deborah, what do you think? Hi, Marshall. How are you doing today? Sweetie? Doing fantastic. This is the Deborah Hunter. Oh, okay. Well, the, oh, I haven't seen you in a whole 30 minutes. How are you doing? <laughs> Marshall, I got so excited when I heard this question on the drive home. I literally pulled over because, um, for me, one of the greatest uh, acknowledgments of being a woman is to recognize, first, that we are the last thing in creation. God created nothing else after he created a woman. That in and of itself, that thought for me is so powerful that the universe was complete upon the conception of the birth of a woman. The other thing is embracing the idea of being feminine. And, and that doesn't mean uh, in, in one particular genre. It doesn't mean I have to be at home just raising kids, but I can go in the world and take all the gifts, all the treasures that God has embodied me with, and do whatever that I want to in the world and be good at doing it. There is uh, so, so much deliciousness in just being a girl. And I think women need to just give themselves permission to enjoy being in the skin that they're in. It's not about your size. It's, it's not about your fashion statement. It really is about using your creativity and your energy just to love yourself and discover the world that you live in. Well, you, you definitely uh, fit that role, and you do a great job. And, of course, I think part of your power comes from the fact that every time I ever see you, you've got the biggest smile I've ever seen. I mean, you just oh. like you just fill up a room with your your amazing personality. So, uh, kudos to you, and I'm glad you pulled over because you know safety first. <laughs> Absolutely, Marshall. Lots of love to you guys. See you later. All right. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you so much, Deborah. Wow, I've never had Deborah call into my show before. I'm really right. Honored. That's really special. That is awesome. I have to call into her sometime. <laughs> All right, we got Will and Jackson. One more call. Hey, Will, how are you? Hey, Marshall, how you doing? Doing well, Marshall. I wanted to just bring up the fact that the. What I think makes a woman powerful is her ability to make an impact with the people around her and the happiness she can spread. Um, there's a really special woman in my life right now. And, you know, I've had some rough times in the last few weeks, few months, but her ability to just be strong in a situation has made such an impact on my life. And I think that's what makes a woman powerful because uh, the woman has to be happy, and but she has to have a good vibe and give off a good vibe. And, and that, and that's what I think that uh, has an impact in my life as far as a woman being powerful. That's a great answer, Will. It really is. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling, too. And I tell you, I have known my wife. Let's see here. I actually have this written down. I have known her for 9,131 days, <laughs> and I've been married to her for 8,402 days. And I can tell you that she has given me an example every single day of what a powerful woman is. And, and I tell you this, for many times I get a phone call saying, hey, Marshall, we want to give you a job. You're doing a great job. She's had to go out every time we've moved someplace and go out and start a new career and do that. And everywhere she's ever been, she has succeeded and done really well. So like I said, I know exactly what a powerful woman is, and her name's Amy. 
So I can tell you that. All right, we'll come back. We got Lisa Miltz. You talk about powerful. Wait till you hear her sing. Incredible voice. Uh, one of my favorites, and I can't wait to talk to her, and you can't wait to listen to her. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. I wish you only knew all the days I made it through. Because of you, yeah, yeah, and your sweet love. Mm-hmm. I wish that I could count the times peace and comfort fill my mind. Because of you, yeah, and your sweet love. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. And you might recognize that powerful voice, particularly if you were at Dueling Hall the other night. The one and only Lisa Mills is here in studio with me again. Lisa, it is so good to see you. It's been, gosh, oh my God, it's been three or four years. years. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Anyway, great you look the you same. Too. I look much older, no, but that's no, okay. No, you look great. That, that's great. Congratulations, by the way, on the concert. That will be an upcoming episode of Ampton Wired, which is a really fun show. Oh, gosh, yeah. I'm thrilled. Those, those, it was a magical night. It really was. It really was a great it's venue, too. It is. Yeah. yeah. Super. And I feel thrilled that we got you back here in Mississippi. That's nice. I always love being at home in I Mississippi. Mean, cause, you know, There's mo- a feeling here, you know, like no place I've ever. Right. And you know, Mobile is so far away. It is. Yeah. It's a whole different world. You, you <laughs> got to get you got to get past Wilmer. You know, once you get past Wilmer, you know, you feel yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. getting back closer yeah. to home. But yeah. um, I'm glad you were. I'm just glad to see you and in the studio. Yeah. You got you got a great new project coming out. Mama's jukebook. Bo- Juke book. I can't uh-huh. speak English today. Sorry, it's, it's Monday. Right. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we'll talk about that a little bit more. I, I just wanted to say growing up in Mississippi. Is this where, you know, it all came to fruition? This is where you've cultivated your musical skills. Absolutely. Yeah. I've spent most of my life in Mississippi. It's only it's only in the last, you know, I don't know, seven or eight years that I lived anywhere else, basically, yeah. with the exception of a couple of times, you know, early on when I was a, a young mother, I lived out in Los Angeles for a couple of years. Wasn't that like being on Mars? Yeah. I, I lived out in San Diego before I lived here. So, yeah. <laughs> but see, when I moved out to L.A., my mom still lived in Hattiesburg. Yeah. And uh, she would talk to me on the phone and she'd say, 
I miss you. I want to see you. Why don't you get on television? And so I auditioned for her favorite show, Win, Lose, or Draw at the time. And I had a big interview with them to follow up on the, the thing. And when I got there, they said, you're too late, but you can go interview for this other thing. And I got on The Price is Right so my mom could see me. Awesome. Did you make it to the showcase? Did you I win did. A, I did. Did you win a dryer or a trip to uh, New well, Zealand? In the pit, I won an $899 worth of fishing gear, which is great for a girl from Mississippi. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> That, that is too cool. You know what? I always had trouble with my mom. It's like, I let you sleep three hours. I let you sleep till 10. It's like, no, mom, it's three hours the other way. It's four in the yeah, morning. Right, it's right. like, she never could figure the time, <laughs> the time thing. Yeah, never could yeah. figure the time change. Well, I'm glad you made it back this direction. And of course, it, when did you discover that you did the singing come first or the songwriting? Oh, good question. It's so long ago because it almost seems like they were happening at the same time, even, yeah. even as a preschooler, just making up. So I remember in the first grade swinging in the swing and making up words and singing. So I think they basically happened around the same time. You know, I asked Mac McAnally the same question. It's almost a chicken and egg question. Do you think it's because we are great storytellers here in Mississippi or we just have great stories? That, that we... <laughs> it must be both. Yeah. I'll and, just and, take and option he... All of the above. Well, he answered the same one. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. But, but it is true. I mean, we used to sit on the front porch and we used to, you know, talk about our neighbor and all this stuff. Well, and, that whole era and a sense of community and people sitting on their front porches is it's a is a wonderful thing that that most people today don't get to experience. Yes. Anymore. Darn air conditioning and social media. Yeah. It's ruined it all. Computers. <laughs> well, I mean, and you, your voice is so. I mean, it's amazing. It's powerful. You can do a lot of different things with it. When when did you figure out which genre of music you wanted to do? I mean, what? Uh, to answer that question, yeah. never. Never. Okay. Because I I and, and that's fair. I have a lot of versatility in yeah. my instrument, and you do. I don't like I don't like to be limited to one thing. Mm -hmm. And and I really like the the fact that this new album uh, allows me to express another aspect of my uh, singing and interpretive skills. As well, a singer. well, let's talk about this album because this isn't just any old project. No, this, it's not. <laughs> this has, I mean, this has a really special um, root to it, and it involves your mom. Absolutely, and my mom was my biggest fan. Yeah, literally was my biggest fan, and and up until she passed away, I just kind of took that for granted. And then when I found this notebook of her songs and started on this project, then I became aware that, wait a minute, she wasn't just my fan. Yeah. She was that big of a fan of the music, and the music literally saved her through some very challenging times as a single mother yeah. working to take care of us kids. And so uh, it's it's been a revelation to understand how much she influenced me without me even realizing it and and how much I, I kind of took it for granted that she was my biggest fan. It's kind of a joking matter, but it's serious. It's really serious what she, the gift that she gave me while she was alive and now the gift that she's given me since she's passed away because it's, it's another gift. It's an incredible journey making this album in her memory. You know, the toughest thing, and I just lost my dad, is that you can no longer pick up the phone and yeah, talk to her. But I in know. a way, when this album comes out, in a way, she's going to be talking to you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, she's been talking to me all along. You know, <laughs> she even comes to me in my dreams sometimes. Oh, wow. Yeah. After she passed away, I was in Austin doing some shows and um, I woke up and, and she was there in my dream. And literally she said to me, Lisa, <laughs> I said, what? She said, you need to come up here and sing for these people. I said, Mom, I'm not ready. <laughs> Yeah, really. Uh, can we put that off for a couple? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think I'm ready. Yeah. But uh, she, um, she was amazing, absolutely amazing. What a wonderful woman she. she as the previous episode, you were just talking to someone yeah. about what makes a woman powerful. Yeah. I agree with what the guy said. Being a mother, yeah, 
being a mother is probably the most powerful thing. I mean, not to put down any of my women friends who aren't mothers and may never be mothers, but even even the ones who aren't mo- mothers officially usually mother other people. Yeah. It's that instinct to take care of ones that you love. And so that's, to me, the most powerful thing. And it's love. You know? Exactly. That's yeah. huge on that. And okay. I mean, I'm glad you got that on the question because it sounds like your mom was really, really a very powerful person. And and I love the picture that's inside the sleeve. On oh, the yeah. CD. Got a picture from the, the 1972. Early... I found this one snapshot of my mom and me, my great grandmother, my brother and my cousin. And uh, we, we cropped it. So it just shows mom and me because she has her arm on my shoulder. And it was, you know, the notebook that I found with all of the songs in it that she had written the lyrics to uh, was songs from like 1972, 73, 74. Um, so it was a real find to to get that one picture that on the back of the photo she had written Easter 1972. So, yeah, that's part of the album artwork. And it's a Mississippi company here. Oh, really? Communication Arts, who did the terrific design for the album. So I love the fact that it's it's rooted in the South, you know, the whole concept, the album, the history of it, the songs, my mom whole thing well, and, and you know some of the song titles on there are basically are very country tunes but you most kind of, of them are but you put tunes. a little bit of a different twist on them oh yeah i went into this thing knowing that i wanted to transform these songs into something that more fits my style yeah yeah so uh, i've taken them out of the country mainstream pop uh kind of world that they were first you know released in and made them more more my own, yeah. you know, with roots of gospel and soul and jazz and blues. Kind of the whole Mississippi gumbo. Mm-hmm, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And and I got to tell you, now, what are some of the songs? Just go ahead and list some of them just so people can know. Kind of oh, sure. Yeah. Um, there's a Loretta Lynn song. There's a Connie Smith song, which you heard me doing earlier, yeah. uh, the acapella. There's uh, a Jackie Ward song. There's a, um, gosh, my mind's going blank now. There's even one by the, is it the Platters that had the big hit with Only You? Yeah. But my mom had it in her book by another artist, a country artist. So it's very interesting to hear other versions of these songs. And I'm try- there's an Elvis Presley song, of course. Of course. Of yeah. course. That was my mom's favorite. Um, so that just gives you a little bit of an idea. Call Me Twitty. Oh, there man. we go. Yeah. 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 Sure. These are songs in, in a normal sense I might not have ever sung. Right. So it was real challenging and interesting to try to take a song like, like uh, the Conway Twitty song, which is Hello, Darling. Yeah. And put my own stamp on it. But it helped a lot. I did a little research and found that Loretta Lynn had recorded that song previously. So I listened to hers to get some ideas. You know. Oh, and don't forget, there's one song on the album that my mom wrote. Now, that is really... You didn't know that? I did know that. Well, I didn't know it for the longest time. I've been looking through that notebook for months. Yeah. And one day I was on the phone and I, I was flipping through and I said, what is this one? Mm-hmm. And I started reading down through the lyrics. And in the middle of the page, it said, Jan... She'd put her name into the lyrics, and I check with some people I know who are experts in um, music, country music in particular, yeah. to, to double-check and make sure that those weren't somebody else's lyrics. But it checked out. Those are her lyrics, and they don't follow. Her lyrics don't follow like a regular professionally written song scheme. So I went in, and I tried my best not to change it very much at all. I, I made a melody to the song. I added a bit of a chorus and put an arrangement together. And that was, uh, oh, after I recorded that in the studio, I just had to just break down and cry with my producer because it was just, oh, God. So this whole project, it's not only a journey of developing this idea and coming up with this this album. It's also another step in my process of grieving yeah. my mom. And you know what? It's been four years, and it seems like yesterday. 
So um, all those feelings are being brought out while I'm working on it. And when I was in the studio, I had this little emblem that she gave me a, a long time ago. It's a little metal thing that has a picture of an angel, and it says something like, don't fly any faster than your angel can fly or something like that. So um, I had that on the, you know, the music stand while I was – and I brought her notebook with me and was looking at the – words and everything you know oh. i was going to ask you how many takes it must have taken to get through this it was probably tough um, you know some of the songs took more times yeah. than others but there are unbelievably several songs on this album that are literally one takes which yeah. is oh, wow. unheard of in the studio no it kidding. was truly truly exceptional and I, I i give a lot of credit to that to my producer trina shoemaker who is the first woman to ever win multiple Grammys? I'm about to say for yeah. audio engineering, and she acted not only as an audio engineer but as co-producer with me on this album. She really set it up so that I could relax and just dive into the music and know that I was safe to do my yeah. thing. And, I, and usually studios make me feel very uncomfortable, but this time I, I was I was really into it. It was a beautiful studio in New Orleans. Oh, great! We're talking with Lisa Mills, and we have a call right now. If Frank has a comment, hey Frank, welcome to the show. What what's your uh, comment for Lisa? Yes. Uh, Lisa, this is the first time I've heard you. Hi, Frank. I'm glad it was a cappella because the quality of your voice is tremendous. You Thank are you. able to uh, transmit the quality of the chords that you sing. Modern singers, they usually they're pretty good on a clear tone, but they don't have a quality to, to transpose and put in the, 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 the quality of a chord, like Mahalia Jackson. Oh, gosh. Wow, that's quite a compliment. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Yeah, Lisa wants you to call back at least another 10 times yeah. so before the end of the show. So, Frank, I appreciate the call. Of course, we have a, thanks. Thank you. We have a question of the day. We're going to take a quick break, and I'll go ahead and throw that out there. What makes a woman powerful? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. We'll continue with Lisa Mills in just a minute. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. And you're the rock I cling to, the star we That sent me you, yeah, and your sweet love. Mm -hmm. I thank God for you and your sweet love. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Don't put me down like you don't need me. Playing around, go on and leave me. I deserve better, better than this. I don't need Question today is this, what makes a woman powerful? I tell you what, um, our guest is very powerful because of her voice, if nothing else, but I can name about a hundred different other reasons why she's incredibly powerful, and I'm very glad she is in the studio with us. Lisa Mills, that song, um, I was just telling you just a second ago when we are off the air that when I drive around Mississippi, I generally keep collections of songs that are done by friends and people that I've 
interviewed and mm-hmm. that they're from Mississippi because it just kind of adds to the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. And your two albums, Tempered in Fire and I'm Changing, are definitely on that. And your new Thank album you. is uh, definitely going to be on that list, too. I'm <laughs> excited. You. Mama's Juke Book. Oh, That's going to be so much fun and, and so emotional on that. You were telling me that the incredibly gracious, great, legendary Dorothy Moore bumped into you at a concert. What happened? Because it's a story that oh. I, I mean... We were talking awesome about, story. you know, some of the ultimate compliments because the caller who phoned in uh, sort of compared me to Mahalia Jackson. I went, like, oh, my God, that's fantastic. Yeah. And then I told you that one night I was playing here in Jackson and Dorothy Moore was in the audience. Thank God I didn't know she was there while I was singing. Oh, can you imagine? And yeah. afterwards, she paid me the ultimate compliment. She said, you remind me of my friend Etta James. I went, oh, Wow. That is the ultimate compliment because I'm a huge Etta James fan and a Dorothy Moore fan. So, And her song, Misty Blue, was a big influence on me musically growing up because uh, I, I just heard it on the radio, but I knew there was something about that music and other songs like Midnight Train to Georgia yeah. and things like that. Let's Just Kiss and Say Goodbye, the soul element that I kind of just vaguely knew about but didn't really know what that music was. You know, and it's all tied in the gospel and blues and soul and jazz. And so, yeah, it's a big deal f- to, to meet her and have her say those kind things to me. This this new album, of course, it's Mama's Juke Book. It's, it's from a notebook that you found of your mom's favorite songs and, and one that she wrote, too. You took a little bit different approach on raising the money to fund this album. It's funny how the music business has totally changed and blown up and been put back together and everything. Uh-huh. Yeah, still be blown up. <laughs> I know. I know. Trust me, I'm in the newspaper yeah, yeah, business. Yeah, I know yeah, how these know, things you know, yeah. won't work. But I mean. How how did that? I mean, how was that? You you did a Kickstarter, and the mo- we got to back up there there before Kickstarter. Yeah, when I went in the studio back in February to record the tracks in New Orleans, uh, I approached some of my super fans and people who previously uh, supported the Kickstarter for I'm Changing. Yeah, and a select group of family and friends to uh, let them know what I was working on and appeal for loans and donations to get started. Yeah. So that's where we began. Okay. I got enough money to actually go in the studio and record these songs. Then, uh, in order to pay back the loans and to finish the album, I did run a Kickstarter campaign, which was a roller coaster ride. It is, you know, you anybody who's considering doing a Kickstarter, just understand that it is a full commitment. I worked on the Kickstarter for months and months before I ever made it live. And once you make it live, you have to man it almost yeah. 24 hours a day. And it is a nerve wracking experience. Oh, it's like putting your ego out sure. there too. Yeah, it's like, it's whoa. A, yeah. But I had to do it. You know, this, this album is so important to me. Yeah. And, um, you know, music is like any other business and it needs investment. So yeah. I look at it as an investment and a way for my fans to be a part of what I'm doing. So they're, they're my, they're, they're my investors, but they, my, but, my team. Yeah. I mean, that's what's I don't cool. have a record label. Right. I'm always, I'm always releasing my albums under my own name independently. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's difficult to get funding, but it means that I have complete control over my artistic direction. Right. And I'm really happy about and, that. And that is so important. And on top of that too, you've got fans that have already bought into it before you ever release it. Isn't that great? That's kind of cool. Yeah. So yeah. the original people who helped me get started, I call Mama's Angels. Okay? Yeah. That's a group of people. Then the people on the Kickstarter, I'm calling Kickstarter Angels. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, because my mom loved angels, and she used to call us her angel babies. Well, I'm glad we caught you here because you're about to head over to Europe. Good Lord. It's just two weeks and two days away. I'm flying to London. Yeah. And I've got gigs over in the Netherlands at first, Belgium, Germany, back to the UK. I'm... I'm all over England, Scotland, Wales, Ireland, and then those festivals in um, 
Germany and Belgium and the Netherlands. And uh, it doesn't end until November 12th, and I fly back home on November 15th. So it's going to be a long, long Long. Yeah, I hope you don't have any houseplants because they're going to be Yeah, well, I got friends who help me look after things, and I've got a little hole in my schedule where I'm going to come home for a week in September, and I'm going to be fulfilling Kickstarter awards. Yay! That's awesome. That's (laughs) awesome. Of course, the new album is coming out, Mama's Jukebook, and that that will be out what day? Uh, Well, at the moment, uh, I'm not doing the official release until early 2017, so literally only the people from Mama's Angels, the Kickstarter, and, and... the the venues on the tour overseas are going to have access to yeah. the album initially, and then I'm going to regroup and look at because I didn't have time to really man a campaign to get everything I needed to do publicity. Right. Radio. And you you publicity and radio takes a lot of time. You have to actually literally be there. Example right now. Uh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you got to do interviews. You've got to stuff uh, albums in envelopes. You got to take phone calls. You got to yeah. do a million and one things. And it really is a better time period in like maybe the spring than it is to yeah. try to do it in the fall for exactly. an album release. So yeah, right now it's the unofficial release of the album and then early 2017 for the official. Your website? It's lisamills.com. Lisa, thank you for coming in. <laughs> My pleasure. All right, we've got a couple calls. We've got Mikey Mobile. Hey, Mikey, thanks for waiting. Oh, I am so excited, Lisa. I thank mean, you. Uh, uh, Lisa, um, you probably don't remember, but um, do you remember Harmonica Girl from Mobile? At the moment, I'm having trouble, honey. I'm sorry. Hank, Hank Becker gave me that nickname. He did. Oh, Hank. Yeah, That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And you, I, I just want everybody to know that you are one of, uh, not only the vocals are incredible, and the guitar playing is just awesome. Oh, God. But, um, and the engineering, the stuff you know about sound engineering and stuff, and your performances are so powerful. Oh. It's just Really, um, it's well worth, I guarantee anybody, I guarantee y'all, you, you won't be sorry if you try to catch her anywhere. Thank but you. My favorite thing about you is that you have such a generous spirit. Um, I mean, now, a lot of the places that I, you let me sit in with you were kind of honky-tonks and dives. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mike. But we had so much fun, and it was just so great. Um, I, I'm sorry to hear that you were in Mobile, and I didn't know it. I live in Mobile yeah. now. I live there, and I'm actually playing a big Bon Voyage show at Callahan's August 16th, if you can make it by. Mikey, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Roger and Florence, we'll go to you real quick. We're bumping up against the end of the show. Okay. What's what's up, Roger? Well, real quickly, I, I think the strength is all about eyes. I wrote a poem one time called <laughs> Maybe Blue Eyes, that maybe, and it's a lengthy thing about how a singer uh, saw this lady running her fingers on the front row watching him, and it turns out she was jilted and all that stuff. Uh-huh. But it, and the last line is, and she had maybe blue eyes. It's all about eyes, and but the eyes don't have to be made up. If they're overly made up, that's a turn off. All right, Roger. Thank thanks you. for the call, hey, Lisa. Thank you so much, and good My luck. Pleasure. Can't wait. I can't wait to hear the new album. But in the meantime, I'm gonna listen to Tempered in Fire, and I'm changing. So that was two of my favorites. Very good. All right. Hey, fantastic show today. I appreciate Katina Rankin for being on with us. Her book is Up North, Down South, City Folk Meet Country Folk. Look for that on Amazon. And, of course, Lisa. And I tell you what, Charita, we've had a good day today. Thanks, Charita. All right. Of course, she produced the show. As always, she's awesome. Coming up next is Southern Remedy. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. We'll be back next week. Have a great week.
deserve.